0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. You can subscribe to the podcast on all podcast platforms Stitcher, iTunes, slash Apple Podcast, Blueberry Podbay, Podbean, anywhere you can find podcasts. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on those platforms. Also, follow the show on all forms of social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you go to aboutreview.threadless.com, you can buy a T-shirt, iPhone case, or coffee mug, and then you can also go to aboutreview.com, click the support tab at the top, and pitch in a dollar to help keep the lights on in the studio. Speaking of studio, why am I so out of breath? I get so excited. <laughs> Speaking of the studio, in the studio, joining me for his third time, returning guest, Mr. Ryan Berkeley from Portland, Oregon. <laughs>
1: Hey, it's the man with the golden voice and you're listening to about to review with that guy named John only on Apple (laughs) Podcasts,
0: only on every podcast platform (laughs) out there. Uh, Welcome back, Ryan. Of course, Ryan is here from Portland and Berkeley illustration, the amazing company that he runs with his wife that has amazing art that is incredibly unique. If you see an animal wearing any sort of clothing and it is not berkeley illustration guess what guess what they stole it from ryan <laughs> berkeley
1: <laughs> unless it was you know uh hundreds of years ago and <laughs> when they were drawing that stuff all the time but Who's yeah
0: the one uh when we were kids uh with the town ta- richard scary
1: yeah richard scary
0: i liked those books um so you stole from him
1: B- and then... <laughs> beatrice potter right yeah. right uh no i you know i started that this is a, a silly, <laughs> silly story, but uh, probably ooh, 97, 98, I was mm-hmm. really fascinated with that concept because of the inside liner notes, liner notes of uh, Melancholy and Infinite Sadness by the Smashing Pumpkins. Wow. There's just, and a lot of people don't know this for, for all my fans <laughs> listening, right? uh, there's one little collage of some rabbits playing baseball. I think, if I can remember correctly. Okay. And I thought that was hilarious. So I started drawing these um, animals in more... And that was an old-timey photo. I Mm -hmm. started drawing more uh, current... Like a squid in a current baseball uniform with like a chimpanzee catcher. And I, oh, this is hilarious. And I I drew a few of those. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think that idea was dormant for a couple years. And then I began uh, doing that stuff a lot more often. And it kind of became who I am as an artist or what I'm mm-hmm. recognized for in a really funny roundabout way. And a lot of people ask me, how did you start drawing that? And I don't really have an answer, but I just <laughs> thought about that little tidbit that might have had something nice. to do with it.
0: So the inside <laughs> scoop to Berkeley Illustration, yeah. only available here on the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. podcast. By the <laughs> way, I,
1: I introed with that because I'm a little more confident in my, uh, my voice from the last time we spoke because... Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a little hang up with, I think, listening to themselves and you know, right. doing this and talking. It's very unfamiliar with me. but um, since we last spoke, I've been doing a little karaoke and getting a little more um, Wow, a little more uh, confident, a little more confident uh, in talking and or singing into a mic. so
0: I like it. Yeah, uh, well, you are definitely going to have your work cut up for you <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah, so on today's episode with Ryan, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. Uh, briefly, we will talk about the new show that is coming out on Amazon Video in two weeks, actually. By the time you're listening, it is actually the 15th. So that is Jean Claude Van Johnson. We will then transition to another action show uh, that finished on Netflix a while ago, The Punisher.
1: Also known as Jean Claude Van Castle.
0: Oh, no. I like it. Dumb. I like it. I mean, it was, but I still like it. Strike one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> Uh, There we go. (laughs) Uh, And then after The Punisher, Ryan and I are going to talk about uh, comic books that kind of shaped us and in a kind of three-act movie structure. Mm -hmm. So uh, that will be on today's episode or this week's episode of About to Review. So now on to the show.
2: Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby.
0: Alright, so, uh, the theme song, of course, the original theme song was done by Damien Randall of Ill-Mannered Media, definitely check him out. Curly Nerd podcast, as well as from Houston with love. Love that theme song. I never knew that. I was always curious. Yeah. So great theme song. It's catchy. It is. Yeah. Uh, All right. So right off the top. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Yeah. Is a show on Amazon (laughs) that (laughs) similar to what they did with uh, The Tick is they released the pilot last summer in 2016 to kind of get it out there, get people's reaction before they filmed the rest of the season, which was only six episodes or six episodes total. So filming five more.
1: And normally they, for regular pre Amazon shows, they would do mm-hmm.
0: like a one pilot, right? And kind right. of
1: get, which is weird. I like the six, the, the six episode idea a
0: lot. I mean, it gives you a chance to actually get to know the characters and like them before Amazon starts cutting big checks right. to both the actors and everybody else involved they want to get a good idea of what is out there
1: but it's probably much more of a letdown if it doesn't get picked up with all that work put into those six episodes
0: <laughs> a little bit but at the same time i would rather i like that bbc style format yeah where give us six solid episodes and if it ends it ends yeah you sure have, yeah but i would so much rather that than a 22 episode <laughs> full season order and it just is garbage by like episode 10 <laughs> sure and they just keep putting them out that's a good point so it it gets a little bit weird uh also real quick before we go into that show uh i definitely wanted to say that last week was an exception uh with this podcast there were four episodes that dropped <laughs> last week there was a monday episode of the history channel wednesday with the curly nerd two episodes on friday I'm about to interview that was that that was just rare uh that, that is not the normal. This week, though, there will be an episode coming out on Friday of the About to Interview podcast. I had the chance to interview Peter Atencio, who is the director of Jean-Claude Van Johnson. I also got to interview Felicia Rashad, who plays Jane in the show, who pretty much anyone in our generation, that is Claire Huxtable. Yeah. It was so surreal for me to be on the phone <laughs> with Claire Huxtable, like, <laughs> I, I've had a couple moments of fanboyisms on this show. Some of it has made it on air. Some of it <laughs> has not. That one, it was just like, I was asking her questions, being a professional. And every now and then, just hearing that voice come through the other end of the phone was just surreal. And then seeing her in John Claude Van Johnson, she looks incredible. Looks great. And Cosby show ended in 93. And so how, how old did you say she was? Uh, a lady never tells.
1: Right. Well, she looked. She is like she was straight off the Cosby Show. Still. Yeah. But so. maybe with a better wardrobe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Slightly. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Sign of the times. Sign of sure. the times. <laughs> uh, but this show, Jean Claude Van Johnson, which comes out on Amazon, uh, December fifteenth, is a show where it basically takes the premise, the Jean Claude Van Damme that we know and we love from all these amazing action movies like Bloodsport, Universal Soldier, Time Cop. And a million other ones. That has been his cover for his real life as Jean Claude Van Johnson, <laughs> a world-renowned secret agent. Yeah, or special ops. S- special ops. Yeah, secret agent. Yeah. And I'm still not
1: entirely sure what organization he is.
0: Yeah, no But
1: it doesn't matter. It, go ahead. It was
0: well. No, just at one point. So uh, Amazon sent me the the season early, so I had a chance to to look through it. Uh, I sat down with Ryan and watched the first two episodes uh, that I had already seen. Middle of episode two, Ryan is like, okay, pause it real quick. Um, (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) More or less. Why why is he there and why does he need to be there? I, of course, explained it in great detail. Yeah. Here's a show that you do not really need to explain in great detail, though. Just to Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) The main thing with this is you just kind of go into it and know that it is going to be the snake eating its own tail. It is Jean-Claude Van Damme playing Jean-Claude Van Damme. He gets it. And he is at the point of his career where he can kind of do whatever he wants. Bloodsport and all of his movies are on TV (laughs) every day. Like he is getting residual checks every month. But I like that he can do something silly like this because he knows how to make fun of himself. Any celebrity who is willing to do a project like this take it seriously and actually care about it. Yeah. Is, is awesome.
1: He's doing a great job with um, being cool about that, but he's also, he's making fun of himself, but still looking cool doing it. Yes. And I think he's, you know, doing an amazing job. It's a, a, a bit different from, I think roles he's played before Mm -hmm. because he's been pretty one dimensional with every, uh, every movie he's made, (laughs) but this is good to see him kind of, you know, switch it up a little bit and it's, Awesome to see him look different in the mm-hmm. different types of uh, disguises he wears.
0: There are there are some disguises yeah. in this that are equally as ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Uh, Do you remember the movie he did with uh, Dennis Rodman? Yeah, Double Impact. Double Impact. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Oof <laughs> <Back laughs> <when, back laughs> to all of them. <laughs> well, but the different. <laughs> I love Jean-Claude Van Damme movies because they me of childhood. Yeah. I remember seeing Bloodsport the first time. Thinking, that must be the pinnacle of martial arts. Right. This man does things that no one else can. And that was right on the time. I think I actually saw a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie before I saw a Bruce Lee movie. Hmm. Probably just because they were on TV a lot more often. Yeah. Uh, but seeing him and being like, well, this just must be what martial arts is. I mean, yeah. look at it. Like, Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, that is not what martial arts is. <laughs> um, but boy, does he make it look good. Yeah. Uh, and at 57... Looks great. He still <laughs> looks good. Yeah. In, in his body. His face, you know, he shows his age in his face a little bit more, but, like, the dude is still in great shape. Right. He makes fun of himself, not really being the shape that he used to, and he actually is pretty good at physical comedy.
1: Yeah, definitely. And going back to his face, i it's not <laughs> the same, but he's got this look on his face, like, of just complete, just... uh malaise <laughs> yeah just the the years have taken the toll but mm-hmm. his face looks it looks i'd like the way it looks I it's mm-hmm. not young but he just it makes me laugh because he looks so burnt out uh <laughs> right. I'm tired and even though he's playing a character i feel like that could kind of be what he really looks like in normal yeah. life yeah
0: yeah pretty much yeah so so far i mean i i'm totally digging the show Uh, It was awesome to talk to Peter Atencio and Felicia Rashad. Uh, The Peter Atencio interview is really short. Uh, They were doing a press day down in LA. And when I got the email saying that they were doing a press day, I, of course, applied to see if I get a spot. And they gave me two 10-minute spots. (laughs) So they are, it will be a short interview. Uh, But yeah, that will be dropping this Friday as you are listening to this you can go on youtube.com slash about to review and listen to that as well as see some video clips and some other images that i put up there.
1: Do you feel like you got what you wanted out of those interviews?
0: I do. Uh, Peter Tensio is awesome. Yeah. So Peter Tensio, for those people who do not know, he was the director of every episode of Key and Peele yeah. on Comedy Central, which was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. He then went on to direct Keanu with Key and Peele. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing guy, yeah. really, really funny. Down to earth. And and yeah, it was good. Felicia Rashad, like I said, it was great. It was still... That was one where that cognitive dissonance of interviewer and interviewee mm-hmm. just kind of got blurred. And I had to re- remind myself on more than one occasion, like, nope, th- this is what I'm <laughs> doing uh, professionally. I cannot just be like, Claire Huxtable, tell me what happened to my life. <laughs> Give me some <laughs> advice, please. <laughs> so she was like uh, excited to
1: do it and wasn't, you know, weird acting or... I mean, like, yeah. I mean, she,
0: I mean, with any time they do these press days, they're going from radio station to radio station, show yeah. to show. So anytime I get a chance to do it, I absolutely will try and take advantage of it because yeah. it is pretty awesome.
1: And that's what they're doing all day anyways. And they're, they're mm-hmm. ready. They're ready for you.
0: Yep. Cool. Uh I will wait to give that a full uh, review as far as the amazing rating system on this podcast of Good, Bad or Ugly. <laughs> Uh can I
1: just say that <laughs> somewhere yes. in the middle somewhere in the middle of the second episode, I was in tears laughing
0: yes there is <laughs> there is an amazing scene in the second episode. you see part of it in the trailer uh there's there is a race, yeah, and it is amazing because again, it takes somebody like Jean Claude who knows his past, he knows how silly his movies are, and he he just accepts it he is like, this is who I was, yeah. This is who I can make fun of now, and just rolls with it. So, and you can still make some money from that that style of stuff. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so far so good. Definitely check it out on uh, the fifteenth, December fifteenth.
1: Right. And I wasn't really. I didn't know what to think. I saw the trailer and I was like, "This sounds really, or it looks really interesting." And
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, one of those things where oh, I'll get around to watching it. But now that I just, I'm very interested to to follow up with it. I'm very.
0: (laughs) Well, Anton did it is on Amazon Video, Yeah, six episodes, you already watched the first two, and this is a 30-minute show. Yeah. As opposed to a Netflix-style, like, 47 minutes. Right. 30-minute show. You have four episodes left. I mean, yeah, you can breeze through those real quick.
1: And like I told you, that 30 minutes to me seemed like 45. (laughs) For some (laughs) reason, it seemed like it was going on for a long time.
0: It was just so engaging. Yeah. And you're just like, I mean, I just am enthralled (laughs) by this. That must have been it.
1: Yeah. And for the record, if anybody's wondering, my favorite uh, JCVD movie by far is Cyborg. Mmm. So good. I just love post op- post-apocalyptic. post I watched that movie so many times as a kid. Um, the soundtrack was great. It was very just a different feel from his other movies. Mm-hmm. I think it was directed by Albert Pune. Or I don't know how to pronounce his okay. last name.
0: Was that the one with Michael J. White? Or was that Universal Soldier? That was
1: not Cyborg. Okay. Everybody in Cyborg was like a bodybuilder. Like... Mm. Like, and they were just uh nomadic, very violent, just it had a dark feel, okay, And I still can watch that movie and and have
0: a really good time. It's great. Uh, people
1: what... people may not agree with me, but hey, <laughs> one
0: of my favorite jCVD performances is his first movie appearance, which is not an action movie. Yeah. It is from Breakin
1: oh that's right there's a well, scene wasn't it breaking two electric boogaloo
0: it was breaking one okay. it was the first one all right you see him in the background a like venice beach style dance thing Mm-hmm. in like a leotard yeah uh, in the background doing the most awkward dance <laughs> but having the best time of his life right yeah so that performance is amazing
1: <laughs> and segueing into our last podcast about wrestlers in mm-hmm. film you know where i'm going did you know he was the original person in the Predator series? Yes. Okay. I don't know if we talked about that last I think time we mentioned
0: it briefly. Okay. Uh, I am glad they did not use him was, uh, for a lot of different reasons. Right. I love Jean-Claude Van Damme. But he is one of the action stars where he maybe is not as big as you think he is in mm, real life. No. So, Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that as Predator, they went a different route.
1: They It would have been a different history in the Predator universe. I don't <laughs> think it would have
0: had the same. But imagine the splits and the ball <laughs> punch that he could give Arnold Schwarzenegger. That wouldn't have worked. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. All right, so that was Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Uh, moving on to our next TV show, which is on Netflix. I have been slammed recently with movies and it is award season this one i wanted to talk about when it came out like two weeks ago just did not even make the time for it but i was like all right let me power through there are only 10 episodes let me just get through it i get to episode 9 and i was like why does this this does not feel right oh right there are 13 episodes little did i know so I, i finished episode 10 thinking that was kind of it no not so much yeah uh but so i've not finished it yet In full disclosure, but we will talk about The Punisher. Uh, When did you first read The Punisher?
1: The Punisher was my first introduction into becoming a serious comics fan. Okay. So the answer to that would have been, I was in seventh grade, Mm -hmm. uh, 1990, something like that. Um, A friend gave me a couple of Punisher comic books, and I don't think I heard of him before, or maybe I heard a tiny bit. And something about the title, his name, mm-hmm. and his costume. The white go-go boots? Yes, uh. <laughs> the skull. Uh, the costume, um, and basically what he did compared to other superheroes, I just, I was really into it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there, it was comic time for me. And that <laughs> so, yeah, he was pretty much my first introduction. Aside from before that, you know, when Grandma bought you a couple comic books and you're interested right. in
0: Yeah, seeing The Punisher for the first time after seeing other comic books that were around in 1990. Yeah, that was a bit of a shift, you could say, for uh, for you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he first came out, it was 1974. Uh, Uh, I
1: looked this up earlier. It was... um,
0: Ooh, I have it ready. I have it in my brain. February. February. Issue number and title number.
1: Amazing Spider-Man 129. Boom.
0: There you go. You own it, right? I have a nice copy. I'm just like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, now, when you say nice copy, so (laughs) Ryan and I both have comic collections of various items, some some stuff that we just have for fun, other stuff we really like. Yeah. (sighs) I'm taking a deep breath. One thing that Ryan and I disagree on and we have for years, he will send me a text of like, oh my gosh, I got this CGC 8.5 <laughs> issue. And I'm like, sweet. Next picture he sends me is him ripping it open and taking <laughs> out of the thing. Like, it hurts my soul. Yeah. So when you say you have a good copy of Amazing Spider-Man 129, mm-hmm. is it slabbed? Is it free? It's
1: raw, which means okay. it's never been uh, pressed or um, touched up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never been in a case as far as I know. Okay. And I jumped on it I want to say six years ago, got a good deal on it Mm -hmm. and I was very excited about it and um, I'm glad I did. And I'm considering getting it pressed and slab because when you get Mm. something slab, this would be the only exception. Okay. Because if you, then it puts a value on it that is reliable. True. And you know, this sounds silly, but one of the reasons I collect comics, well, besides myself is for, investment purposes for my children or just something for them cool to have or my grandchildren one day
0: i mean you have those like 15 copies of Youngblood blood number one <laughs> that you're just waiting to turn it yeah. in and sell for millions of dollars remember i mean because when we were kids i mean all of our image stuff is going to be worth millions right
1: yeah oh yeah i got i'm thinking about getting those slab too <laughs> okay oh, <good.
0: laughs> not even worth the plastic they would be put in no i love them yeah
1: but oof. i actually don't love them and i never have <laughs>
0: uh, they were some of the okay some of it was good yeah. Well, you never
1: liked Spawn? I never got an image. I just didn't jump on that okay. boat. In
0: fact... Because is it because you like actually seeing feet and hands drawn correctly? <laughs> yeah. Well, that... Or do would, you hate metal pouches?
1: No, that wouldn't explain why I really thoroughly enjoyed X-Force. So. Ooh. But when they jumped over, I just don't... Uh, what was it? I <laughs> I might have been burned out of Lee Field and McFarlane at that mm-hmm. time. I did like Eric Larson, so I read a little oh, yeah. Savage okay. Dragon. Cyber Dragon is dope. That's as far as I went with Image. Okay. And, and now it's a different story. They have... I yep. want to read everything, but,
0: you know. That is the thing. Image, I mean, I talked about it. If you go back last week and listen to uh, the Currently Nerd episode that I did a guest spot on, talked about comics a lot, which is one of the reasons that when Brian was coming to town, I was like, I rarely get to talk about comics a lot on my show because yeah. there are so many movies and everything else that I cover. Comics are my life and they have been just they have been ever present. Yeah. And so getting able to like just dish about comics. Right. Is awesome. But so when I talked about Image on their podcast, because seeing Image at the time when it was coming out, when Marvel was going bankrupt. Yeah. DC was doing a lot of the same old stuff. And you have these new young guys. Yeah. Who left the big two and were like starting our own company. Mm -hmm. And yes, we joked about it because everybody thought that, our issue number ones of all of their (laughs) titles would be worth millions. Mm -hmm. It is amazing that they just did their 25th anniversary. Wow. And they're doing really well. And it was creator owned. Yeah. I love that about image to this day is they're like, you draw it, you write it. This is yours.
1: Yes. That's what they wanted. And I think they're all still there. And
0: yeah, a lot. Yeah. A lot of them at least still contribute or do something. So I mean, yeah, good for them.
1: Yeah. I, that was great talking about the Punisher. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad we got that in there
0: yeah uh, so moving on to the next thing now just kidding. uh yeah, so the punisher was completely different than everything that was kind of around when he first came out in 1974 nobody had seen an anti-hero like that i mean on that cover he is trying to snipe spider-man yeah we had gotten used to and i say we even though mm-hmm. neither one of us was reading comics that back then or mm-hmm. alive um <laughs> When you see Green Goblin on the cover, you know, attacking Spider-Man, you're like, sure, whatever, pumpkin bombs. When you see a sniper, right. it is a little bit different with this white skull on his chest. Right. It was such a striking image. Yeah. Even when the costume was pretty lame, when you when you look at some of the old stuff. Yeah. He never had a disco collar, like a lot of heroes <laughs> back then. <laughs> so, yeah. he avoided that phase. Yeah. Never had a cape. Right. Uh... Trying to think, did he have anything ridiculous at one point? No, just uh, just his white, eye- his the, eyebrows. Oh, those his, eyebrows and the white go-go boots. Yeah, are almost as significant as the white uh, skull on his chest. Yeah, um, I I feel like, uh,
1: in those days, Marvel was just kind of coming up with and seeing what would stick. You know, these <laughs> characters. There'd just be so many different villains they would introduce on the covers mm-hmm. that you're just like, uh, who is that, or where did they end up? And you know, every once in a while. It would catch on and mm-hmm. they would go with it and continue and then it becomes a you know household name because
0: mm- that that does not always happen no uh one of the things that ryan and i both really enjoy in our comic collecting uh are the z list yeah. characters, <laughs> the palookas the ones that might get introduced on the cover and they look really cool right the story is just garbage and it takes a writer if they even want to go back to those characters to do something different. I have Calculator's first appearance <laughs> when he is wearing this like, it almost looks like a King Cobra type thing. He has a keypad on his chest. He's like, due my calculations, you're going to die, Batman. And it was like, what? So that character was so dumb until 10 years ago. Yeah. When they really started to do something interesting with the calculator. They did something with uh, Calendar Man. Yeah. So you can do it, but a lot of the times when you see these cool stuff on the cover, you start reading in and it might not go so well with the Punisher. That was kind of an instant hit because I think it was so much different than what people were seeing at that time. Yeah. He was goofy, but not like, I don't know, jackal goofy or somebody else. Yeah. Not over the top goofy. Yeah. Because he's still at that point. I mean, he was a Vietnam vet. Yeah. So... There was some real stuff that were going that was going on. No superpowers. No superpowers. Which, uh, he had a sweet van. Yeah, uh, the battle van. Which I was very excited that in the Netflix show, yeah, we do get a battle van for like two episodes, two right. three episodes. That was pretty awesome.
1: It was done right. It looked cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so with the Netflix TV show, this is Punisher's first full season of his own after doing obviously kind of a guest spot on daredevil season two this was one that i was hesitant about only because the punisher is not like daredevil and luke cage even where you can draw a lot of characters you can draw a lot of stuff into it yeah the punisher is pretty straightforward Yeah, he's got
1: one little origin story, and it just kind of goes from there
0: continuously. Go against bad guys, the mob, the whatever, and kill them. Yeah. That is it. And so I was worried about that. And 13 episodes, Netflix. (laughs) Come on. Trim the fat. I feel like that was the general consensus of it. Yeah. Those 13 episodes, and again, I have not watched the last three. Yeah. If I had thought it was just the 10... It still almost felt a little bit long. Yeah. Take out the fat, compress this down to eight, solid, hardcore action. D- just do that. Yeah. And I think it would be way more successful. The thirteen, that just gives us more time with Karen Page. Yeah. And just get her out of there. Just, yeah. just stop. <laughs> uh there were there was a rumor recently that they might be doing her own she might be eating her own show. Oh. Huh. I will go to Netflix's headquarters and unplug whatever machines they use to (laughs) upload that. Nobody
1: cares. (laughs) Maybe somebody cares. Nobody cares.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um, I I talked to everybody. Um, What was cool is to see as opposed to those tendrils and the cartilage like Claire Temple, you know, connecting all of these shows. Yeah. Seeing Turk in this for the first for like the 10 minutes that we see him in it. Yeah. More of him Less of everyone else. Yeah. Okay. Because he actually makes sense in this kind of seedy underworld. Frequently in his past couple appearances, when people come up on him and he's like, man, he's like, why do you have to go through this again? Like, he kind of gets it and you can play off of that. Yeah. I just am done with Paige. Yeah. Like, she just, as a character, she is just kind of boring. She always has been. So, I just do not want them to keep using her to tell these stories. And she is a terrible journalist. <laughs> terrible journalists they like she went from a paralegal to then a journalist without anybody questioning right. it because they're like oh your buddy died here is his office yeah. and you have a job now
1: yeah it was nice to see her in the crossover and i i don't mind her as much because she wasn't like in every episode true she was i think she was um in my opinion she was well used and she, they could have used her a
0: lot more i guess but they didn't and what you're saying? They could have used her more. I'm cutting off. No, I'm the saying mic. no, no. I'm saying they, they,
1: they. Not they should have, but they, they could have gone crazier with her. Oh yes,
0: but yep. you know, um, I, it was just enough page for me. Okay, <laughs> it was a little too much for me because I just do not really. She is not somebody that we need to see in this story. Right. This season basically picks up. Frank Castle has died in in the public eye after a big explosion in Daredevil season two. Shocker! He is still alive, and now he is. <laughs> out for vengeance against people that he used to be in the service with that committed some crimes. He wants to go after them. Yeah. It is a generic Punisher storyline, which I accept because it is the Punisher. Yeah. All of them were generic storylines. Yeah. It was they're going after the the Nucci family. They're going after uh I forget what are the other um mob families in Marvel Comics, but like that was it. Yeah. When you think of these big crossover Marvel events, he was not really around because there's not really a reason for him to be. Right. So the, the, the story is pretty straightforward. A tape gets leaked uh, to the NSA or, yeah, to the NSA, to the CIA. He has some involvement. They did something wrong. He wants to find out why and stop them, kill them. <laughs> In the middle of
1: all that, I... I'll admit I was uh preoccupied with working while watching it mm-hmm. kids running around right <laughs> uh I tried my best to pay attention to it, and I watch a lot of late nights where I was half falling asleep. there was a lot of uh people seeking pe- oh, I'm gonna, looking for this just a lot mm-hmm. of people looking for somebody else and I got really kind of confused at at one or several points about. Who did what?
0: (laughs) Who was was looking for who and why? And who was was
1: involved? And then the names, I couldn't follow the names. And maybe that's a sign that it uh, it was a little convoluted. And
0: And just too drawn out. Like 13 episodes is just way too much. Right. And unlike some of the other Marvel shows, actually unlike all of the Marvel shows so far, this one had pretty much no Easter eggs. No. No things in the back. Because there is not really... Punisher was tangentially connected to all the other characters in New York. Yeah. Watching Daredevil season one. And when he goes to the guy who, and he had like some buzz saws behind him and it was Gladiator. Yeah, That was rad. And even behind him, you had like a stilt man type thing. Mm -hmm. Those things, when we were watching it, we, we get it. We see it. We understand it. Punisher, like I was looking and I was like, there is not. A lot. Like he attacks the, the Nucci family in I think like episode one. Yeah. And that was a that was a family he went up against Marvel Comics all the time with uh I think it was like Mama Nucci or whatever, like <laughs> the matriarch yeah. of the family. There was that uh there was a cool nod where one of the characters, his dad is watching The Rumble in the Jungle, Ali versus oh, Foreman, yeah. which is nineteen seventy four. Yeah. Same year that Punisher came out in comics. Good call. That is not even like an Easter egg having to do with the Punisher. That was just a clever nod. Yeah. So the fact that there were not those kind of behind the scenes or extra things, they would mention a bunch of names. And in my head, I'm like, is this somebody? No. Yeah. Is this somebody? No. Yeah. As opposed to other shows where almost always, when they mention a random name, it connects. Right. Somehow.
1: Now, is that saying something for the Punisher universe that there's just not a lot to go on? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, he is a type a character.
1: I find him best <laughs> when he's collaborating with other yeah. col- colorful characters, mm-hmm. costumes. Because you and-
0: need, you need that juxtaposition. Yeah. Or I mean, not necessarily need it. I think for a show, it would be better served with that in the comics. You could do some like when they did Punisher war zone, like there are some incredible Punisher stories out there. Yeah. Uh, he fought venom at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that funeral pyre? No. Uh, That was when Venom was starting to be good. But yeah, like Venom (laughs) and Punisher went after each other. There was a great two part uh, Batman versus Punisher crossover. That was great. One when he fought Jean Paul Valley, aka Mm -hmm. Azriel, when he had the armor Batman. And he just beat him up. (laughs) Yeah. Just wiped the floor with him. Fast forward once Bruce Wayne is back in the cape and cowl, he fights him again and does not win. And like you even during that fight, uh, I have it over there in the corner you see some of the writing and you see inside what Frank is thinking. He was like, this isn't the same guy. He's more tactful. He does this. Like as he was fighting, he was trying to figure out why it was so easy the first time and why he's getting his butt kicked this time. Yeah. I need to reread that. Yeah. It was pretty good. It's like, there are great Punisher stories when it comes to John Bernthal. What do you think of his Punisher? Uh, First
1: of all, his performance in my opinion is pretty spot on slash Mm -hmm. perfect slashed very watchable. Uh I mm. like John. Yeah. Um at first when he was cast I was a I don't know why I was a little hesitant. Um <laughs> it sounds so dumb, but maybe because of the haircut. I'm just yeah. so I'm I'm a very visual I'm an artist so I pay attention to <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> to classically I or you know uniforms and clothing and, and the look and feel and I like classic stuff and if they're gonna go more modern or ultimates or whatever is mm-hmm. going on with Marvel these days, whatever, as long as there's some resemblance. So um I'm getting off topic. I think John did a great job. Uh, he's got a lot of energy. He's mm-hmm. got a lot of, um, uh, he's got the look. Um, yeah, I think it, I, I think he was great.
0: I, I agree with that. Part of it is, I just do not when I see him, he is another person where he has been to like Emerald city comic con and mm-hmm. he does the concert all, all the time. He's not a very big dude. Yeah. Frank Castle was this mountain of a man who, yes, he was intimidating because he could shoot you from a mile and a half away. But right. standing like when you would see him just squaring off with characters, yeah. There's this physical presence. Right. John Bernthal nails the like the voice, I think, is perfect. Yeah. Uh, because it is that grizzled yet honest kind of determination. Mm-hmm. His passion is there. But something about the physical part is not quite there with Punisher Warzone. Do you remember that movie uh, that came out a few years ago? Uh, With Ray Stevenson? Yeah.
1: I never saw it, but I heard heard it was interesting.
0: It was. Okay, so (laughs) the movie itself is madness. Uh, Lexi Alexander, she is a phenomenal director when it comes to action. Yeah. Because she came from a sport karate background. So she gets it. Yeah. Ray Stevenson, when you look at him. He's awesome looking. That is like the Garth Ennis... Uh, was that Garth Ennis? Who was the artist uh, Dylan? I think it was Dylan who did the art. Like he looks like much, like much more physically intimidating. But that said, something about his Punisher was also a little off. The more I watched John Bernthal, the more I want him to be Wolverine. Oh, because I think with his stature and that voice, that is more like that primal, brutal rage. Yeah, I could see that. Like there are times in, in the Punisher when he is psyching himself up and you're just ah, ah, just like a super saiyan, just charging himself up. That is what I have been wanting to see from a Wolverine. Berserker rage. Yeah. So, I mean, and no shade, of course, to Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Who is great. But again, he is like 6'3". Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. So, but I really liked the action in this. I thought it was really well done. It was tight. Whenever you are doing not just martial art, but gunfire, mm-hmm. that complicates things. Yeah. And just the blocking that it takes to do that convincingly was done really well. Uh, yeah. There were a couple episodes that felt disjointed Uh, because I think, again, for whatever reason, some studio executive said, we're already doing 13 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay, I guess we can. And yeah. they just kind of, you know, fill it out a little bit. Uh, but overall I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, I mean, yeah, John Berthold, like great performance. Uh, the guy who plays micro, I dug that. That was again, like another little nod to a character in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked his, um, tenacity. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I thought his character, there could have been a little bit more because I think it just got diluted. Yeah. I think just over that amount of episodes, Okay, we get it. You have cameras and you watch your family. Right. You can For hack 9 episodes. Like, yeah. come on. Like, give us something more or just compress it. Right. Into something just more solid. Yeah. So,
1: I like Micro was cool. I he was one mm-hmm. of my favorite parts of the show. That that guy was pretty cool. Um, I think he was pretty faithful and mm-hmm. It's interesting to see, because I, you know, I like the older comics, so it's interesting to see him using modern technology with, like, the drone stuff. and
0: Yeah, which, those are some of the parts that kind of bothered me. Yeah. Anybody who has friends who are into drone photography <laughs> or video, yeah, good luck sneaking those around anywhere. Right. <clears throat> like, they are loud, unless you are a couple hundred feet up, like, it, and yet he, you know, he is doing some recon with Frank, and it's, like, 20 feet above him, like, Bro, everybody can hear that for a hundred yard radius.
1: (laughs) Maybe Micro's got special drones or he can hack the sound out of them. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That that must be it. Right. Or instead of propeller noise, they make bird noises. So it just sounds like they're just being attacked. Yeah. So, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I make, those are little things here and there. Mm -hmm. My biggest complaint is that, yeah, just, it felt diluted. Yeah. Um, Billy Russo. Mm -hmm. I liked his character. Again, when I think of Jigsaw. I do not see a man who looks like that. No. I see a guy who's looks more similar like Sandman where he is just kind of more squat. Yeah. You know, he was a good-looking guy in the comics until his accident. Yeah. But maybe it's just because I grew up just seeing him as Jigsaw. Right.
1: It's hard to picture a A, a
0: very good-looking man. Yeah. Right. And so, just
1: like kind of young and savvy and mm-hmm. uh pff, live getting late every night. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's not what I think about when I think of jigsaw.
0: <laughs> not so much,
1: but I don't. He also had like a lot of stubble, and I just don't picture like you being able to maintain sh- uh, your yeah. face when you're all cut. I don't know.
0: <laughs> one of the great mysteries of comics. Yeah, is how does one shave when your face has been patchworked together? How does jigsaw shave? <laughs> <laughs> Question for the ages. Yeah. Uh, okay, so even though I have not seen the last three, I, I I'm confident that I could still give this a rating. Yeah, because. I kind of know how things are going to get resolved. It is pretty paint by numbers, everything that like I, I saw one spoiler. But again, we already were talking about Jigsaw. So spoiler alert. Yeah, Jigsaw. At least they set up kind of what happens, but they were setting that up from episode two. Yeah. Like, so I, I saw that coming a mile away. Yeah. So the rating system for this podcast, there are three choices. No stars, no grades, none of that. Just three choices, good, bad or ugly. The breakdown is basically a good show. In this case, is something you would recommend to a friend you enjoyed watching. It gave you the feels as far as the comic book history of it. A bad is something you would not really recommend, especially if it was too long or it was just too boring. Ugly, avoid at all costs. As the guest of this episode, (laughs) Ryan Berkley for The Punisher Season 1 on Netflix, Good, Bad, or Ugly? I
1: good for me okay i enjoyed it i mean i i can deal with all of the the whatever the problems were because it was worth it for me to see the action and okay. um you know the performances and eventually the uh the skull returning to his Mm -hmm. which i don't know why they waited so long to just just give him the skull Mm -hmm. the whole time come on
0: makes no sense yeah
1: but i can't call the punisher bad even though the rating system technically doesn't mean it's bad right um i enjoyed it it was uh i for a netflix show and the others i've seen i think it ranks a little higher for the for me for the superhero ones
0: definitely ranks above iron (laughs) fist uh which is just that was rough that yeah. was one that I did not finish and I have no intention of finishing
1: yeah and um, this one this one got me on a level it may not have well I assume it didn't get you on and it gave me some dad feels
0: okay no, with, I, I definitely that with
1: Frank and Micro there was a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that was tugging at my heart and kind of putting myself in that position and how that would be very difficult so that's brought, and then
0: as you were feeling that you heard your kids just running and screaming and punching each other like oh I never mind that feeling yeah bad. these
1: little yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly okay uh, And it's also weird to say, I almost think I enjoyed the daredevil punisher more than his own series.
0: Almost. I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. I just always, it was was isolated. It made more contextual sense. It was compressed, but it still felt like a full story. This one, it felt like a full story. Just, just stretched. So as far as my rating, I mean, I, I would give it a bad only because it felt diluted, but mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. The episodes were solid. They were not really filler episodes, at least not as much as there normally is. Yeah. My big thing, though, just take off four hours. Yeah. Like, just really compress it. Do tight storytelling. The BBC has been doing it for 50 years. Right. You can do in Sherlock. They do three episodes. <laughs> Each one is only an hour and a half. And they do it every or they were doing it every two years. So you can do it. I just this 13 hour thing, way too much. But my official rating, I will give it a good. I enjoyed it. Like I said, the Punisher has a lot of what, or John Bernthal has a lot of what the Punisher is. Like yeah. it feels genuine. But there were also some issues. Uh, so it was, it was far from perfect. So it is a good, but Oh, close a, to bad, a barely good. Yeah, a, a barely good.
1: Okay, do you do you remember the buzz and excitement when you first saw him in that scene in the pawn shop in Daredevil?
0: Absolutely, And just
1: that feeling. Yeah, they didn't top that in the series. No, and I don't think they topped the the um, the prison fight oh, scene.
0: That like one of the most visceral and genuine Punisher type things. That Absolutely, happened. and in this they gave there were thirteen hours. Right, there were a couple of great action scenes. Yeah, and sequences. But that prison scene, yeah. that was just that was masterpiece. The color work that they did with that. hmm I mean, obviously different directors have different visions, but when you just look at screenshots and still images from that prison scene, he was wearing white, the red, the mm-hmm. orange, the blue lighting in the prison. The smoke. Like it just looks stunning. Yeah. And this one, that color palette, again, the artist that you are. Mm-hmm there just was not enough of that yeah to def- make it exceptional right
1: it was a different feel when he was in daredevil for yeah. sure
0: so and i really hope speaking of that uh they did announce that vincent d'onofrio is coming back as kingpin Perfect. in one of these shows they're not sure which ones <laughs> yet so i'm like is it defenders i hope not right daredevil please yeah like i that was another casting choice where i was like really vincent d'onofrio and even when I first saw him, I, I was just not buying it. But man, as the season <laughs> went on. Okay, good. I was all on board. And then when you see season two, when he is in the prison, like... Yeah. He just he had to grow on me because they gave us such a different kingpin than we had ever seen before. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that casting choice absolutely worked.
1: Yeah. I would be very surprised if he's not going to be in DD3.
0: I would... Yeah, I I think so. Yeah. So... Cool. All right. So uh, yeah, Punisher season one gets two goods, one a little bit more uh, excited than the other.
1: <laughs> now going, so the 13 episode thing, wouldn't the, isn't it uniform, do you think, with Netflix and these shows? No, some of them were... Oh, okay.
0: Uh, some of them were shorter. Okay. So they could uh, have gone shorter. Oh, yeah. They
1: didn't have... They weren't obligated to do
0: 13 because... Yep. Of, okay. <laughs> that just contractual thing with whatever they were working with. But if they had been like, hey... We only need 10 hours. I Come on. Netflix knows what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and it is still Marvel. They're the ones cutting the checks. Right. So I, I have faith in them. I just think that this could have been done a little bit tighter, a little bit different. But all right. So comic book talk. We already did so, that. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. Here's the breakdown for this comic book talk. If anybody listening, and I know I, I know I have a few people listening who our screenwriters and, and actors and directors from the various film festivals that I have covered the general three act structure for a film. Act one is context. Act two are the goals and conflict and then act three is the resolution. So here's how we're going to frame this comic book talk of comic books in our lives. The context, the act one is our origin story the first comic books that we saw, that we got into, that really made us feel something for the genre, or the thing that got us into the genre in the first place. Okay, Act two, the goals and conflict, is basically when comics changed you, when you realized, okay, these are a thing that I really enjoy. All of us have been to a thing or seen a thing where it was like, yeah, this is cool, and that introduction goes nowhere. Both of us, It went somewhere. It has kept us engaged. And then Act 3, the resolution is basically what our relationship is with comic books right now. Right. So.
1: Nice job, by the way. This is unique. Oh,
0: thank you. Uh, (laughs) So for Act 1, the origin story of Ryan Berkeley and comic books, where did it start? What got you into it?
1: Well, I kind of did talk about that with The Punisher, and that that is the main story. But before that, uh, boy, I was probably... 10 something like that okay my grandmother uh took my brother and i to a comic shop i have vague memories but i remember what she bought us oh wow my i wish i knew the number i have it i have the issue at home uh it would be man thing Ooh, nice where he's fighting a viking on the cover (laughs) okay (laughs) it's just a very striking image and that's you know everybody's got that one cover they remember as a childhood Mm -hmm. that would be it for me again i don't know the issue it's maybe 20 or 30 something um, and I was fascinated with that. It was more like a horror comic. It wasn't superheroes. Mm-hmm. I was obviously very, uh, like every other kid in the eighties, uh, very much into, you know,
0: the hey color. Yeah. the co- No,
1: more like the colorful, uh, uh, super friends and gotcha. secret wars and the, the colorful Marvel and mm-hmm. DC characters. That's what I knew comics as, mm-hmm. or what I thought they were. And then I got the man thing and that just, it was kind of dark and moody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved the art. I love the coloring job on that cover. Yeah. And my brother got a black Panther where he's fighting some kind of hooded racist person on a horseback. Who's got, <laughs> who's got,
0: was it hate, uh, fear monger.
1: It might've been. Okay. Or it might've just been another, I don't know who it was, but he had like, you know, uh, he has black Panther tied up like around his neck and he's pulling him from his horse. Sheesh. <laughs> but the, the image was the artwork is so great. Mm-hmm. And, um, We thrashed those comics long ago. Yeah. So recently I went back to buy the both of them. I remember the one my brother had and the one I had. Nice. Just to have it in my collection as a Mm -hmm. nod. It would have been nice to have the originals, but that's not going to happen. Nope. Um, So those were the two that I remember. And then I I do have a memory of a Superman where he, I want to say, turned into like a bat. (laughs) (laughs) Like a vampire bat. And that was another kind of horror Comic where I was kind of a little scared of it, but uh, I, th- I thought it was really kind of fascinating. Okay, and then cut to you know a few years later in junior high, a friend of mine gave me some. uh I'll remember the the Punisher. I think it was from the Punisher series, mm-hmm. and he gave me some Marvel Comics presents.
0: Okay, the reprints like the of the classic ones. No,
1: or? no the re- the presents were just little mini stories. I think. Okay, or, you know, it was, Wolverine was heavy into like so he would be on the covers. Marvel Comics presents Wolverine. Gotcha. And they'd be like a You remember these and you turn it upside down in the back and it would be a different story. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there was like they were actually you had to physically flip it over to read the other <laughs> half
0: of it. Complex magazine used to do that also.
1: Yeah. I loved that that format was wild to me. Uh but I had some Marvel Comics presents with Wolverine versus the Hulk.
0: Awesome. And
1: um I didn't really understand what was going on. And I remember <laughs> right. one I still have this issue in my collection. And it's one of the coolest drawings of Wolverine I've ever seen. I don't know what cover it is, but he's just standing on the cover with red eyes and, like, mm. blue skin. And it's just because of the lighting hitting him. Right. And he's, uh, it's a, a short story about him and Hulk inside. I think, uh, I remember the artist is um, Dave Ross. Okay. And uh, anyway, it was a story I read and I didn't understand it because the Hulk was, like, an awful... Like, he was bad and very scary and doing, right. you know, horrible things. Wait,
0: which version of... Was this mister Fixit Hulk or was this G- classic Green Hulk? This is
1: Grey Hulk. Okay. No no Mr. Fix-It. He was grey. Okay. And uh, it turned out that it wasn't really the Hulk. It was, like, a mimicky Hulk. Some... some I don't remember what the story was, but somebody had taken over the Hulk persona. And it okay. was a horrible, like, almost a scary version of it. And Wolverine was fighting him. Interesting. And I was really fascinated with that. And I think I had the following issue and... Um, That generally is kind of what I remember my earliest uh, comic memories
0: to be. Okay. Yeah. Nice. See, with mine, my origin story is not having to do with physical comic books. Superman 3, when that came out, or actually it was, I remember watching that on VHS. Uh, I thought you meant issue 3. I'm not that old. You're older than me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, Superman 3, the movie. Yeah. Thank you. uh, Saw it at home on VHS. My love for Superman started before I knew what it was, like Mm -hmm. what he really meant. Uh, I've talked about this story before. On my pillow right now is a pillowcase that I've had on every pillow since I was like three years old. On one of my teddy bears in the closet is wearing a sweater that I was gifted when I was like five years old that has... Clark Kent in a phone booth. And then the next thing he is flying with Superman. Superman has been omnipresent in my life. And it started with watching Superman three. Then Batman 1989 comes out. I see it in the theater. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my memories from that is when the Joker is at the boardroom table Mm -hmm. and he fries the guy and looking away. Cause I'm like, what, what is happening? (laughs) Did he just fry that guy? Like, Super intense. Uh, another memory from that night. My parents never really let us have sugar mm-hmm. very much. Uh, no sugar cereals. It was like Cheerios, Special K, Grape Nuts.
1: My parents gave me all your sugar. Oh my gosh, I had too much. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> it's
0: like we we just we never really were allowed to have it in the house. So when this movie comes out, 1989, uh, some family friend or something took us to the movies. My parents are not there. <laughs> I look in the display case for the candy and the people who took us are like, oh, just get whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I looked up at them like they were a, like a, a monster. And I was like, I, one of these? And I was like, point, <laughs> it was a king bar. Kit-Kat bar. I'm not sure if I had ever even had a Kit-Kat before, but Whoa. I saw this giant <laughs> chocolate package. And I was like, I want one of those. Ate the entire thing during the movie, made it home enough to the point where like, I told my parents what I just ate. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, I got this thing. And immediately threw it all out. Oh, (laughs) wow. My body had my body. It had more sugar that two hours of the movie theater (laughs) than it had for however long I've been alive. (laughs) So it was just too much. But it was after that, that I actually found out what comic books were because I had Mm -hmm. no idea. Yeah. Like I knew that they were heroes. I would see them on TV. I would see reruns of super friends or something, but an actual comic book, I did not get until maybe like fourth grade and I got it in my stocking, all rolled up. Nice. Which now I'm just like, ugh, (laughs) (laughs) hurts my soul. But uh, they were flash comics. And this was post crisis. So this is Wally West. Wally West will always be my flash. Mm -hmm. We talk about that a lot in comics that whenever we got into them, the characters around that time were ours. Yeah. So Wally West is my Flash. So I was reading through these, and it just blew my mind, mm-hmm. and it opened up my eyes to all these things. Then it was Superman. Then it was Batman. This is back when you could walk into Safeway, yeah, and there would be a comics rack,
1: spinners on racks. a little, yeah,
0: on a little spinner. So we were already at the grocery store, so I would just pick it up. It was seventy-five cents back then, or maybe a dollar twenty-five, mm-hmm. um, and that was what first got me into it. Then I found the bookstores and this is like where i grew up we only had one comic book store i did not even know it existed because it was still so new yeah and so i would go to the bookstore and they would have like a dusty short box on like the bottom shelf somewhere and i would just dig through that
1: filled with like hulk 181s and (laughs) they're like worth ten dollars back then
0: (laughs) if i were to go back oh god like it just (laughs) it, it would hurt Uh, But I (laughs) was also the prime age of Superman 75. Yeah. When Superman died, Batman 500, when Bane breaks his back, those were hitting me at the perfect time. Like for someone getting into comics, it just, yeah, blew my mind. So that was definitely my origin story. Like where it started. It started without comics before I knew what comics were seeing them and then finding out and getting into comics as I got, quote unquote older by a couple of years.
1: Yeah. So you talked about Superman three, but you didn't really mention well, like your memories. Cause that one actually, now that you bring that up, it was, it was bad. It was, <laughs> but it is, but mm-hmm. was it when we were kids?
0: It was, I remember liking it, but I also then we would rewatch or not rewatch, we would watch for the first time Superman one and two. Mm-hmm. That was when, that was when I knew I loved Superman. Yeah. Again, at that time, I was like, cool, Superman, I'm wearing him. I know a little bit about him. Right. The first time I saw Superman 1, it, that, it cemented it for me. Right. And that was around the same time that Superboy was on TV. And we would watch it as a family. Mm. So uh, where, I, where I grew up in the winter, it would get really cold. Like I would be standing in three feet of snow at the bus stop. In season <laughs> three of Superboy... Uh, there was a part where he used his freezing breath to, like, blow over a car. So I'd be standing at the bus stop <laughs> pretending like I had freezing breath because I was that nerd. Yeah. Uh, to this day, I still kind of do it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so the Superboy TV show and the Superman movies yeah. gave me an idea of what Superman is and what he stood for. And Christopher Reeve, nobody, nobody will ever do it the way he did it. And granted, those movies are problematic. In a mm-hmm, lot of ways, mm-hmm. the the flying scene with Lois, yes, is terrible. Can he read my mind? <laughs> Can he, the the dynamics of them flying, arms outstretched? I know it does not work. I <laughs> yeah. get it. But Christopher Reeve's portrayal of the duality of Clark Kent and Superman has never, and I am afraid, will never be matched again.
1: I'm shaking my head. Yes.
0: I mean, I talk about it. Uh, there's another interview that I have coming up that we'll mention at the end of this episode. I talked with an author about that. Mm -hmm. Brandon Routh did a pretty good job. Definitely. But all he was doing is a Christopher Reeve impression. Yeah, he was
1: like (laughs) like 2.0.
0: Yeah, he was just doing that again. Yeah. But there's something about Christopher Reeve that just, it worked. Right. The big dumb glasses. Mm -hmm. He was slouching. He was stuttering.
1: You ever seen the screen tests he was doing?
0: Yeah. So cool. uh, Do you know the Star Wars connection? With Reeves? Mm-hmm. Uh, n- no. Aha. Oh, was he gonna play like uh, Greedo? No, I'm just kidding. No, g- get, get out. Of <laughs> <me>. <laughs> no. So the Star Wars Superman connection, because uh, this again, this ties into origin stories. Uh, the person who trained uh, Darth Vader and other people. So David Prowse was the body yeah. of, of Darth Vader. One of the trainers that that worked with him worked with Christopher Reeve to get prepared for the role of Superman. Oh, cool. So when you watch some of his like early screen tests yeah. and he was a little bit soft and everything, by the time they started filming, he definitely bulked up a little bit. Granted, they call it dad bod nowadays. Yeah, yeah but I know a <laughs> little doughy. <laughs> yeah. But you looked at him and even from those screen tests, like I almost got emotional just talking about it, but watching those, the way that his smile, the way that everything about him, like that is Superman. Yeah. Like
1: 100% for me too. Yeah. And when you talked about my origins, I was going with printed matter, but mm-hmm. it, it does go back to the Superman movies with me too. Nice. As well. In particular, I can't, I think it's two where he's fighting the guy in the bar
0: without any powers. Uh, that might be. Is it when he was flicking the peanuts and stuff? Yeah.
1: No, wait, no. Superman flicking peanuts? Yeah. Like being a jerk when he was there? Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. This is when. Clark, oh, I, yeah, I got you. Clark Kent lost his power I, when he I, gave up his
0: powers yes, to be with Lois. I think yes. it was two. That was two. Yeah. Okay.
1: And when that guy punched him in the bar, and I saw him bleeding, and he was mm. like, uh, very, um, uh, you know, human, mm-hmm. fragile, weak. I that was that really struck a chord with me. Mm-hmm. Just for some reason, I remember that him bleeding and just saying, "Wow, this is yeah. this is crazy. He's a god."
0: Well, sweet. Okay, so those were our our origin stories. Uh, Act two, the goals and conflict. So basically when comics changed you, when you realized you picked up that comic book and you were like, this is me. Like, this is what I have been reading. This is now something completely different. And it's kind of re-sparked that interest. What was that for you? Uh,
1: Shortly after... My introduction with those, you know, those early Marvel comics, mm-hmm. uh, I think we're going to 91, 90? Okay. And it's not because the film's coming out, but it really did ring true with the Infinity Gauntlet for me. mm mm-hmm. When that story came out. Yeah. Uh, I think I have been reading some comics before that, and it just kind of blew my mind because it was just a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I remember reading like the, the, everything leading up to it, and it was a big deal back then.
0: The Infinity Crusade.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and the Thanos quest, Yep, um, which is a great read if you go back. It's... Those are still solid. Granted, yeah.
0: they they have redone them. Thanos has gone after the gauntlet more than once. A few people have worn it. You're talking but... about current,
1: like Kearney? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. In the past few years, there has been so like the Black Order. <laughs> I'm <is. Oops>, sorry. <laughs> the Black Order are new characters that are going to be in the movie. Yeah. Part of the latest kind of quest.
1: I was reading about that. There's a black somebody.
0: Uh, The Black Maw, uh, Black Obsidian. I forget, but yeah. Okay. He, he has a few people right. with him. Which uh, I just don't,
1: I don't read comics nowadays. so I don't know what the heck they're talking
0: about, but yeah. anyway. But yeah, like when you go back and read mm-hmm. that original one. Yeah. D- that is some solid writing. So when you were reading those, seeing pretty much every character in the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. go up against Thanos and get the butt kicked. Right. Repeatedly. Yeah. As you're reading it, was it one that you just could not put it down? What were you thinking? Yeah, I
1: was. Uh, I remember very much looking forward to like the next issue mm-hmm. uh, immediately. For me, it was the uh, when he snapped his fingers and killed half the population, which was of the universe. The universe, mm-hmm. and somehow all the great superheroes didn't
0: vanish. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. <laughs> Earth was spared in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you're going to start anywhere. Start with that troublesome planet where everybody comes from. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was um, a big moment for me. Uh, and then also, I think, like everybody else, X-Men number one. Mm. And just...
0: The that, five different variants. Yep. Of which I have all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I think I saw a number one going for a lot of money the other day, and I didn't Dude.
0: understand why. Yeah, No. Because <laughs> again, when we grew up in the '80s and '90s reading these, this is when the print runs were in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, and they were doing second printings and third printings. Superman seventy-five, I think, ended up with four printings. Wow, of a single issue, and each print run, yeah. was hundreds of thousands. Yeah, You're making a lot of money back then, and everybody just...
1: was. It was like the whole collectible idea was. Mm-hmm. Everybody was saving them and. And to this day, when I'm in a comic <laughs> shop, I see someone walk in with a box with like spawn number one in it. And they're like, oh. I think this is probably <laughs> worth something.
0: Uh. Yeah. Uh, but those X-Men number one, cause they had the four variant covers and yeah. then the fifth cover was the full fold out. Cause all four of the regular covers, when you fold it out uh, completely, mm-hmm. they matched together. Yeah. And then the fifth variant was a fold out one where it had every yeah, variant kind of lined up.
1: Yeah, very uh awesome and amazing it for that time. I mean, mm-hmm. There was a lot of <laughs> gimmick covers, which could be a whole other uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, but that one was pretty cool. And actually, I think it was a year I'm ago. I'm gonna write
0: that down because that actually would be a good because yeah. I have. <laughs> I know oh you gosh. can you can talk for hours. <laughs> variant covers, gimmick covers, foil. Oh yeah, covers. yeah. Gimmick hologram. I die I, cut. I have them all.
1: Did they ever come up with a scratch and sniff cover? That would have been great.
0: <laughs> I would not be surprised if like Spumco or one of like the underground comics yeah. did.
1: Yeah. So yeah, X-Men One, uh, that was the heyday for mm-hmm. me, right in the middle of uh uh my comic the, the beginning, Love. We go to this place in Chico, California called uh New Way New Age Comics, where it was mm-hmm. run by two brothers who <laughs> Looked exactly like Mario and Luigi. <laughs> no, <laughs> I hope someone's listening to this who knows what the hell I'm talking about because mm. I think it's only me and a handful of my friends. Or
0: is Ryan insane? No. <laughs> Hit me up on Twitter at about to review and let me know. <laughs>
1: there was a tall guy, and they both had like <laughs> <laughs> curly black mullets. He was really okay. t- he was really overalls. T- no, no, no. Very like early '90s looking with like an open collar, like uh, pastel shirts. Ugh. Luigi was <laughs> the tall brother. Okay, he didn't have a mustache, but mm. aside from that, they could have been uh, great cosplayers. Okay. And his brother was like short and stocky and just looked like Mario. I don't know how else to tell you. Mm. They were nice guys though. But they, you know, I would we were going there all the time, and just the idea of having these giant wall full of new issues. Yeah. And back then, I was interested in every single issue oh, yeah. on those walls. Nowadays, I just don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't right. care. Uh, but I was you know guardians of the galaxy was huge mm-hmm. um silver surfer just the kind of galactic stuff um the mcfarland spider-man yeah which you know was a little more expensive to get i think they were like a dollar 75 yeah dollar
0: 75 i think was yeah, what they're going for
1: for some reason but yeah and wolverine the um the wolverine run with mm-hmm. sylvester was big for me too yeah
0: greg sylvester yep. mark mark's up Who was it oh i was thinking of um uh Capulo? Yeah, I was thinking of Greg Capullo because he was around back then. He was doing like the musculature. He was doing that that yeah. had not really been seen like that because you had like the X-Force style musculature which is just impossible. Yeah. But Greg Capullo, it was big but functional. Yeah. And you look at him in person and you're like oh, yeah, I really see why you draw like that. Yeah. He's a giant man.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then another quick one that was big for me was uh, anything Alex Ross was doing. Mm. This particular Earth X, yeah, and uh, Kingdom
0: Come, okay, those are great. Uh, my comics that changed me, and you almost just stole it. Whoops! Nineteen ninety six, Kingdom Come. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. So it's a good segue. With that, when when I first saw, because I had seen uh, one of our family friends, the older brother or oldest brother in this family had a big poster of Angel, uh, and X Men, you know all of that. And I saw it, and it just looked like a painting. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that that was from the Marvels book that Alex Ross had done.
1: Where he's flying up with the mutant girl?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Gorgeous. Like, seeing it on a wall, I just thought it was an art piece. Yeah, of course. So then when I saw Kingdom Come for the first time, and I did not see it right in 96, it was a couple years after. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had never seen a comic book like that. With was some of the most stunning art to this day. Alex Ross, i I have talked about him. I have talked about him on episodes before. Ryan has talked about him. Alex Ross does something that nobody else can, has, or will ever do, which was paint these comic books in a way where they could be walking down the street right now. Yeah, we talked about Christopher Reeve kind of being a little bit soft. His Superman is that way. He's he's just barrel chested no defined six pack or anything. None of the characters <laughs> really have that on their costume. Yeah. yeah. I think you see a couple panels, somebody with a shirt off maybe, but it was these realistic, hyper-realistic paintings of these characters that to this day, like those, that four issue series is my go-to. Like if someone is just getting into comics and they're like, yeah, I want to kind of, you know, get into it and have something good. Like four issues, kingdom come, read it. They, it, Never once has somebody come back to me and be like, <laughs> I didn't really like it. I right. have like, I've
1: recommended that to so many people, coworkers, yeah. people who were just, just like you said, just wanting to get something to start out with. Mm-hmm. Perfect.
0: And granted, it is, it is pretty heavy. I mean, mm-hmm. the, 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 the source material and people kind of have to take it because I had, I did give the four to somebody. This was years ago and they're like, all right, finish number one, but wait, why is Batman old? And Superman is Lois dead. And, but, and I was like, just <laughs> go with it. Because growing up, they always did Elseworlds tales. Uh, there's a sweet Batman versus Dracula uh, Elseworlds that I have. Ooh, Have you never read that one? What year? Uh, this was 90... No. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I will let you borrow. It is pretty dope. Uh, so Elseworlds tales that DC had been doing for a long time, which is basically the writers would just get some crazy ideas and DC uh, executives would just be like, No, that cannot take place in our regular continuity. (laughs) We will slap the Elseworlds label on it, do whatever you want.
1: Oh, cool. Okay.
0: So with Kingdom Come, that was what this was. It was an Elseworlds tale of the Justice League and Justice Society clashing over kind of what was going on at the time. The reveal of characters that we knew who they were. Mm -hmm. As we were reading this, like, but I just could not get enough of it. When you see the famous, uh, infamous battle between Superman and Captain Marvel. Okay, Shazam. Whatever. (laughs) Um, When you see them clash, like, the book is just gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, At New York City Comic Con, he had, like, three walls full of original art, plus prints, thousands of dollars. Yeah. And when I would see, like, blank spots on the wall, I just wanted to punch whoever... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just walked up and was like, I'll take that one. Yeah. I imagine them with the top hat and a monocle. Yeah. But one of these days, it is on record. One of these days, I will own an Alex Ross original. I'll
1: give you one of mine. When's your birthday? <laughs> Real quick, when you were in New York, mm-hmm. did you see any of the um, the billboards around the city? Or yes. Were, you did? Because yeah. my brother lives in Brooklyn uh-huh. and he delivers coffee in Manhattan. Right. And he's a huge Alex Ross fan. hmm he said he hadn't, he didn't see one
0: thing and he thought it was like a hoax. No, there was one, uh, two blocks away from okay, some from the Javits center. Uh, there was another one that I saw, but yeah, I mean, they, they were around.
1: Okay. Uh, and then he started, you know, then I started thinking it was a hoax too. Cause I only saw it on social media mm. and I, he's, you know, he's driving around every day, all day. I saw him on like taxi cab, you know, lights and
0: yeah, no, they, yeah, they were there. Yeah. What a great way to use that art. Man. I mean, again, if you want people to see a stunning portrait yeah. of a character, of a superhero that they can look at as fine art, yeah, there is one that I saw and I took a picture of it. I'm not sure if I put it up on social media, but it is of Bruce Wayne uh, with his shirt off, kind of looking in a mirror. And you know, picking out some shrapnel or whatever looking behind his shoulder looking behind his shoulder and he has these scars and he has these wounds and you're just big like, scars like it just blows your mind he did alex ross did um criterion collection kind of covers for the universal yeah pictures monsters those are brilliant so i mean we could yeah <laughs> yeah let's guy, have an alex ross uh, I mean, episode seriously
1: can i really reiterate what you're talking about reading kingdom come mm-hmm. and i will have i have the same feelings i remember reading i bought the graphic novel i was living eugene mm-hmm. working at domino's pizza oh yeah which got torn down for the new ducks uh, court
0: well everything <laughs> got torn down for the new ducks court <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> but i remember buying that book and reading it and having to go to work like at night mm-hmm. and i really did not want to put that book down mm. i was like i just this is really killing me i can't wait for my shift to get over because i'm going to come back and finish it i was so Grasped and enthralled with that book. Mm -hmm. And yes, when you're reading that book, it is very cinematic because it is realistic. (laughs) So if you're deep in that book, reading it for an hour, you feel like everything is real. The characters are real because it looks real. Um, He paints a world where it just seems possible, even though it's very fantastical with Mm -hmm. all of the stuff. Nobody else can do that. And I don't think anybody ever will be able to do that.
0: Yeah. It, It is such a unique style that fit perfectly I mean, and Mark Wade also, I mean, yeah. he wrote it. So, I mean, that team <laughs> yep. is a pretty killer team. Yeah. Uh, speaking real quick, because, again, Ryan and I both used to live in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, speaking of your Mario and Luigi. <laughs> so, Matt Groening, creator of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. uh, grew up in Eugene, Springfield area for a long time across the country. People were like, no, eh, it's Springfield, Illinois. Shut up. No, it is not. It is Springfield, Oregon. <laughs> they just won't ever say it. No, they did. They actually oh, did they, they, they did a plaque. There's a plaque in Springfield, Oregon from Matt Groening being like, this is the real Springfield.
1: Oh, but they didn't say it in an episode. No, not in an episode. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: No, but I'm saying people in the real world, because every state has a Springfield, at least one of them. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Not yours. Belongs yeah. in Oregon. Yeah. The comic book shop that Ryan and I both used to frequent back in the day, there were two coworkers. One is a tall, skinny guy with a ponytail. One is a shorter, larger man with a little bit of a goatee. <laughs> Combine those two, and you have the comic book guy.
1: i was going to do an impression, but I haven't watched
0: The Simpsons in so long. Worst impression ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks.
1: I think yep. I remember those guys. Are we talking yep. about the shop upstairs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On 13th. I forget what it's called. I remember the Emerson name City of the comics. Okay, I remember the glasses down place was downstairs with something mm-hmm. rainbow
0: optics. Uh, rainbow optics. Yeah. And wow. uh, the Smith family bookstores across the thing.
1: You know what? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have a great memory of my wife out there before we Aww. really became close. Uh, we were ta- having a conversation right outside of that comic book shop. Mm-hmm. I remember what she was wearing and I remember thinking, wow, this girl's really cool. Anyway.
0: Uh, well, you guys met at the art store like two blocks away. Yeah, we did. We worked so. together,
1: but we were walking. She was going to work and I was coming home and we stopped and started talking to each other. Oh: and...
0: Anyway, comic Cute. books, comic books. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> So seeing seeing the comic book guy and going into the shop all, every week and being like, hmm. <laughs> I I know what that is based off Do of. Do you think
1: Matt went there to get a little a little 100%, research? <laughs> 100%. And
0: they had that cool bookstore next door. Smith Family. Yeah.
1: Smith Family, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is not the Eugene Oregon <laughs> Love Podcast. Uh, no. But yeah, so that was mine. That was a comic that changed me because it was just...
1: Great one. Incredible. Even I would think with you it would be... Earlier, I guess, I forget sometimes you're younger than me, but... That... I mean,
0: yeah, I, I just turned 18. Okay. So, yeah, 21, I mean. Yeah. Okay. 29. A good? 46. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, my other, my kind of alternate was actually quite a bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was in 2001. I was going through the airport, and this is, again, back when they had comic books in the airport at the newsstand. Oh, yeah. I see this black cover of Amazing Spider-Man. And I'm like, that seems weird. Pick it up. And it was the 9-11 issue. Amazing Spider-Man number 36.
1: So did just have an all black cover?
0: All black cover with white letters of Amazing Spider-Man. Open up the first panel. Is Peter Parker Spider-Man looking over ground zero? Mm -hmm. And it just hit me. And I was just like, because I mean, this was, that was September 11, 2001. This was probably December, Mm -hmm. November, uh, probably November, like brutal. Yeah. Um, and it just goes along and, and it's a nine 11 commemorative issue. So you have superheroes lifting up rubble, saving people. One of the panels that people make fun of, and I get it, but it was also touching. It was like Dr. Doom. You see him like shedding a tear, Hmm. which yeah, is kind of weird. when you think about it, but same time, Dr. Doom wants to rule Latveria, right? Yes. He has wanted to take over the world and galaxy, uh, more than once. (laughs) But Wanton Destruction was never his thing. Right. He had a reason for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Amazing Spider number 36 is just an incredible book. Because it was just, it was emotional. It hit me at the right time yeah. because of everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. So that would be like my, my alternate mention. Cool. Uh, all right. Act three. This is the resolution. This is kind of where comics are yeah. for you right now.
1: Go. <laughs> Right, uh, right now, um, I'm very stubborn with my – stubborn the right word? I'm uh, very particular. <laughs> selective. selective and particular about uh, what I collect and what I'm interested in. And I just have – I'm like an old hippie who won't stop listening to the stuff from the 70s or <laughs> right? whatever. I just don't care about the current comic <laughs> world. I'm sorry. Okay. And that's how I am with wrestling. And mm-hmm. a lot of other pop culture stuff. I'm very stuck in my classic 80s, 70s, some 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really appreciate Bronze Age, in particular Silver Age. Um, so I go back and I am collecting. I'm going back and catching up mm-hmm. with stuff. And that's, um, it's fun. It's hunting. It's challenging. It's yeah. very rewarding. It's an obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, it will never end. Yeah? Uh so I am just a basically in a nutshell 70s Marvel collector right now. Okay. Uh, 60s uh I've n- never been a DC guy.
0: I know. And I still love you. Thanks. I <laughs> I appreciate
1: this is I'm I'm bandwagon DC like I appreciate the Justice League, mm-hmm. the old school. Anything well, I mean,
0: Kingdom Come is the yeah. quintessential DC because you get almost every DC character, the stuff they did with the specter. Yeah. One of my fear is that they will never do a specter show or movie because that character is phenomenal. And I I understand why they might not ever do it. Uh, there was actually, this is a deep cut in (laughs) justice league. One of the officers was named Corgan. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe that was, you know, Officer Jim Corgan who became the Spectre.
1: The new Justice League?
0: Yeah, in the movie. Okay. But who knows? Could have been a little nod. Yeah, you know, even if it was, that is great. The Spectre, though, is a tough character to do. I mean, he essentially is a messenger from not God, because there's not God in the DC Universe, from uh, the presence, I think. Or, you know, he is essentially, for all ostensibly purposes, immortal omnipotent omnipresent mm-hmm. he can do anything that is tough yeah. But what they were able to do with him in kingdom come is this omniscient narrator yeah and uh,
1: yeah that was that was pretty cool phenomenal i i learned a lot about or i learned about a lot of characters in dc from kingdom come that mm-hmm. i just had no idea who they were and some of them because of that introduction i'm very interested in them like yeah. the uh oh, what's his name adam smasher
0: Adam Smasher, yeah,
1: just mm-hmm. a cool looking. I don't know much about him, big I, old
0: dude. Yeah, he's At, he, yeah.
1: I like the the heavy hitters in comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he had a really Ross painted him really uh, brilliantly. I guess he just looked very mm-hmm. cool. Um, a couple of I, I it's been a while since I read it, but anyway, okay. I I just I like the old school DC. I like Super Friends, <laughs> and I right. like the superpowers action
0: figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is the other thing that you collect. Yeah, is you go deep into figures yeah that's something i never got into yeah when i see you interact with some other friends of ours on facebook and you're Mm -hmm. like i match this head with this torso (laughs) and this arm and they're like oh that's from this i have no (laughs) idea what the hell you guys are talking about but i love the passion yeah (laughs) because i just you talk about figures in a way that i will never oh it's a skill
1: it's a great skill (laughs) no
0: yeah so um
1: uh, currently I'm just hunting for, uh, cool old comics. Um, okay.
0: Anything with sharks. If any of any of the listeners are, uh, wanting yeah. to get Ryan Berkeley a present shark covers, right? Uh, although before you get him a shark cover, hit him up to make sure he does not already have it because he has a ton of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I still have a list of them on my phone, which I'm in search for. Nice. But that started with uh, a good friend of mine who has a really eclectic comic collection. Okay. Um, he made me a little zine for like my birthday once of shark covers from his collection. Cause he knew I like sharks. Awesome. So I have this little stapled together, um, colored copied zine of, mm-hmm. and he's got old comics, like forties with, you know, Sheesh. Swiss family Robins, whatever these old with sharks on them. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, that's a cool idea. And I had a couple of them already. And I started looking for the ones that he posted. And then I, um started collecting some other ones and then i research and i find out there's a bunch of them other i'm a huge shark fan yes <laughs> um sharks are and, and what's very fascinating to me is everybody trying to make money off jaws mm-hmm. which the, everybody was doing in 1975 yeah. uh comic books were no exception there were a lot of you'll look at four or five different covers and they all are drawing from the same reference photo of jaws oh yeah and, and not
0: even just aquaman or somebody that you would no, think not yeah. everybody nightcrawler Yep. Uh, back in his swashbuckling days <laughs> thundercats have a shark cover <laughs> um, but um, yeah I, I
1: love that imagery mm-hmm. um, i love seeing uh how different artists draw sharks some mm-hmm. people can draw really good sharks and some artists draw what they think a shark looks like <laughs> and it's just hilarious it's almost like folk art you're like oh nice try buddy i really like <laughs> right? hey put the gills yeah. in front of the eyes or Ooh. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, so Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I try to keep a nice, uh, quality, not quantity with Mm -hmm. my collection of, um, of books. And I love first appearances and I love villains, Marvel villains. Yep. Basically. That's where I'm at now. Uh, there are some good comics that I prefer reading current independent comic books. Mm -hmm. If I have to, I have no idea what's going on in the Marvel universe or the DC universe, or if Hulk is, you know, orange these days, or I just don't know. Or if... Uh, Captain America is a woman or
0: Amadeus Cho is the the new Hulk <laughs> the totally awesome Hulk I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah I heard about that and isn't there a Hulk coming out with like Wolverine claws or something like that
0: uh there was a, that was part of a variant thing okay but yeah I did read uh, Thunderbolt Ross as Red Hulk oh, okay. and he has his mustache as he is Red Hulk too which is ridiculous I
1: just wish and I know it's not just keep the characters as they were throughout okay, ages, Grandpa. but I know, right. <laughs> but I, I understand you have to change with the times. Mm-hmm. I just, um I'm just not interested. And you know, with all the extreme art and the digital coloring, it just kind of becomes an eyesore to me sometimes. Okay. I am definitely an old man when it comes to that stuff.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, with me, I'm in the same boat. I, I used to subscribe to, when I was <laughs> living in Eugene, every month, 60 titles. Wow, so you'd go pick up 60 issues a month? It was ridiculous. Well, because nice. some of them were weekly, so I would pick those up. But my subscription box, to the point where I had to get a second subscription box. <laughs> yeah. Because it was getting to be too much.
1: Can I ask where
0: you got the funding for this? Uh, no. Okay. Um, Nicaragua. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so I mean, it was just, it was madness yeah. at the time. So now, I mean, that was a long time ago. Now it is that same thing. Now I want to find those things that either I missed those things that I always wanted. Picking up the new stuff will always have an appeal. But these days with comiXology, with all of the apps that when they release it on the newsstand, Mm -hmm. newsstand, when they release it in the comic (laughs) book store. What was that word? (laughs) Right. (laughs) You can get it on comiXology for the same price, if not cheaper. And you can get it in an essentially graphic novel format. You can just watch or flip through on your iPad. I like the ease of access. Mm -hmm. The collector side of me Still wants physical things. Right. But yeah, these days, my relationship with comics is just finding those old appearances. I have not purchased, I purchased a couple of new comics somewhat recently, but not anywhere what I used to. Yeah. And these days, with how often they're coming out with trade paperbacks, it is just it, like I might as well wait six more months. Mm-hmm. I know they're going to collect it. Back in our day, collecting only the huge arcs would do a trade paperback. Yeah. And it would be two years after. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember with The Death of Superman, that one came out within a year of it happening. That was like in 1993, that was rare. Unheard of. Yeah. Uh, so I remember that happening. I also talked about on the Curly Nerd episode uh, this book bleh, that they did the a New York Times bestseller, a novelization of The Death of Superman. Oh, fun. <laughs> so. Again, that was something that they <laughs> did not, they don't really do these days. What is funny is, also available from Bantam Books, <laughs> Batman Nightfall, which is awesome. Yeah, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, a fantastic and critically underrated Batman animated movie.
1: Wait, you're talking about a, a novelization of yeah. Mask? a novelization? That's a. I'm looking at that book. It's pretty thick. Yeah, <laughs> they no, must have taken
0: some liberties. Five hundred and twenty-five <laughs> pages. Oh, wow. Uh, I even <laughs> wow. This is my original copy, by the way. From let me pull the nineteen ninety three. Uh the, on the last page I wrote <laughs> I was here. <laughs> I have no idea wow. why. What no, is all the filler in that? Nothing. This this all happened in the comics. Wow. That's yeah, just... th- well this is also this was the death of Superman and the reign of Superman and the Return. Oh so it was okay. all three of those arcs in this book. Okay. But even so, like, nobody does a novelization. They, they still do novelizations of movies. Right. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, Alex Irvine, who I had on the show a few months ago, who wrote uh, one of the DC books I have over there. He wrote the novelization for the Power Rangers movie. Hmm. So they still do those a lot. Those
1: are cool because you get little tidbits that weren't in the movies. For sure.
0: And, like, little quotes and other yeah. things. But a novelization of a comic book. I've never heard of that. Yeah. That's funny. So... Uh, but yeah so my my relationship yeah is just I get things here and there uh, I, yeah I just don't have time these days with how many movies uh, yeah. I'm going to and all the other just awesome opportunities I still love comics I always will love comics I just want to find those things that I do not have anymore yeah so
1: that's cool filling in those,
0: those holes yeah uh, and while we are live speaking of things I have a present for you oh
1: boy is it more tequila
0: <laughs> Be. Uh this is actually something that I meant to mail to you a, a while ago. Uh and you know since this is an audio medium, you'll have to describe it as a Okay. As a, well, okay, not that.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm I've handed a <laughs> uh a I guess a flat box that would have a mm-hmm. Oh, it's some, Oh, ooh, I forgot about these. Yeah. <laughs> Live reveal. So, Mhm. Nice. Uh we're looking at a king size special amazing Spider-Man number 4.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: the backstory, if anybody cares, is um, – w- and then underneath it is a giant-sized <laughs> Spider-Man number four uh, featuring the Punisher, which I believe is his third or I fourth think, appearance. Th- mm-hmm. I think third. Third. That's what – and it's – I've been looking for this issue forever and I can't find it. Uh, John graciously asked me maybe what I was looking for and I told him this. Mm-hmm. He's such a nice guy, but uh, I think there was a little miscommunication. He got me the King Size <laughs> special mm-hmm. instead – which features the Human Torch and Spider-Man, um, which I'm al- I'm very glad to have that as well. Um, but the one underneath it, the uh, it's got Spider-Man on some barbed wire fence with his uh, clothes all in tatters. And mm-hmm. I think the significance of this issue also is the first time the Punisher kills somebody.
0: I think so. And yeah. I,
1: I I think I read that somewhere and I'm excited to find out uh, later. Yeah. But it's beautiful. There
0: you go, man. Thanks, uh, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was one of the things where like at Emerald City Comic Con months ago, I sent him right a text because, again, he and I hunt for things. <laughs> yeah. He sent me what it was. And so I I bought the one with Human Torch because I was like, cool, this is what he said. <laughs> Took a picture of it. And he was like, <laughs> I meant giant size, not king size. <laughs> so then I went to the, the same booth where I bought that one. And I was like, scratch that. Uh, do you have this one? And they were going through, looked like a bunch of different boxes. And they're like, this one? And I was like, how much? And luckily, it was like the last day of the convention, which here's a, here's a, Pro tip, (laughs) if you're looking for comics, go with the last day of the convention in the last two hours.
1: Yes, do it. The
0: vendors with the big booths have to start breaking down early. Yeah. there was a guy, like, it still (laughs) kills me. So uh, the last Daredevil where he had the yellow suit. Yeah. uh, Daredevil number seven, I want to say.
1: So he started with the red suit on
0: six, I believe. So I guess this was five. Yeah. So yellow suit. And that would have been. this is a beautiful copy. List price, cause I mean it was a beautiful copy, it was a little bit beat up. Yeah. List was at I think he had like eleven hundred or something. <gasps> and he was like, hey man, he was like, I'm packing up. He was like, I'll do six hundred. And I was like, I still could and I just had to walk <laughs> away like holding my chest. But so yeah, pro tip, go on the last day.
1: Even though that's a expensive price. It
0: was a good price. <laughs> it really, like it was a fantastic price. and I, I would have loved to. I just I could not yeah. do it. I've
1: experienced that going in uh, late because they essentially want to go home with lighter boxes.
0: Absolutely. And some cash in their pockets. That same guy that I right. talked to, he had picked up from one of the other vendors a book that was on his list for years. He dropped eight grand. Oh, wow. So he was like, he was like, listen, man, he was like, I'm just trying to recoup some of that. So... Yeah. Talk to the vendors. If anything, go to them like the day before, see if they have what you want and be like, I might come back tomorrow. Yeah. Go in like that last hour or two. You can get some fantastic deals. Yeah. Depending
1: on who, but usually some guys are generous. Nice one.
0: So on top of those two, uh, I have a third present for you, (laughs) uh, that this one, I mean, this is another one I, I searched high and low. Wow. Uh, I saw it. I immediately thought of you. It comes from the heart. I hope you appreciate it. Let me slide over here. Uh, the, again, the, this, is, this might be your, your new crown jewel. Go okay. ahead.
1: My birthday is the 27th, by the way. So we can just call this early. I'm turning sure, 40. Yeah, go for it. All right. <laughs> I'm handed a comic book with the backing board facing uh-huh. me. And
0: now, gonna... now keep in mind, this is a bagged and board, pristine copy of this issue.
1: And it's from John's heart. Yes, it is. Whoa. <laughs> dang and what is it right this is <laughs> something i've never seen before okay um <laughs> where do i begin it's uh first of all it's the legion of doom or the road warriors the tag team former tag team champions from the wwf
0: mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> number one oh, I, i'm just gonna go out there and say number
1: one the fifth force hawk and animal world wrestling action wow <laughs> <laughs> this is great uh it portrays hawk and animal as superheroes in their old blue pads uh wait do they have more than one they usually wore the red and black but these are the blue ones i think they were a little later in their careers and this is published by That's a bad logo. That's a horrible design.
0: (laughs) Ryan is having to turn the comic to the side and upside down just to try and read the logo.
1: Press. I can't even read the. Let me see. Press Antarctic. Press Antarctic. Antarctic press? (laughs) Antarctic. Thank God. It's not even worth reading. Thank you, John. This is great. It's actually, I know there's a lot of wrestling comics out there and Mm -hmm. I don't have any. And I've been searching for something. Wow. And I know that the Ultimate Warrior did some comics, which I can't get a hold of. Hmm. This is
0: probably on par with those. Um, in sheer excellence and writing quality. Yeah. And artwork. Mm-hmm. You know that
1: um, when a wrestler takes over a comic, it's not going to be top priority for the uh, for the <laughs> the creative team. No. So they kind of get who they can. But I'm very fascinated with this. There you go. Thank you. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Road Warrior Hawk. Wait, I, I don't <laughs> even know what that means. <laughs> this guy... Uh, uh okay yep oh this guy Ooh, oh, is well. um a pastor no uh, uh he, he did uh he did find god though
0: of course he did. see i was not too far off
1: he's a beast powerhouse um i think he's probably in still pretty good shape his son is uh plays for the the rams okay nfl team and he's like a superstar his last name is Laronitis. i don't remember his first name laryngitis Laronitis. okay leonitis <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh for two <laughs> Okay. So,
1: yeah, thanks, John. Wow, I'm going home with three awesome comic books. Yes, you are. Wow. Uh,
0: so, again, if you are going to get anything slabbed, send us CGC, <laughs> The Hawk, and...
1: Yeah, that's like a nine point something.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is pristine. Yeah. So, there you go.
1: Wow. How did you find this and I never even knew it existed?
0: I mean, I, I have my ways. That uh, is such
1: bad artwork. <laughs> that's like somebody ripping off somebody who's ripping off Leafiel. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the knockoff of the knockoff. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm interested. So Ryan and I are involved in a Facebook group that is incredibly active, where we <laughs> we yeah interact with almost every day in some way. Uh, I want you to put that picture up to see if anybody else knows what that is or if they have it. I I'm pretty sure somebody does.
1: Somebody one of those guys I think is uh, might be savvy enough to know what the heck this is.
0: Because <laughs> I literally as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, I'm putting this away for Ryan. <laughs> yeah
1: wow i mean like the legion of doom must have signed off on this and gotten excited about it but who is this So who
0: is the legion of doom is that the tag team or is that a different No, i do not know wrestling i do <laughs> know
1: that sorry they were a tag team wrestler they went to two, by two names the road that warriors confusing yeah they were the road warriors initially and okay. then when they came to the wwf to the big leagues mm. they changed their name to the legion of doom which was taken from the super friends right Bad guy team, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, but did those two? What is it, hawk and hawk and animal? See, I was going to say hawk and dove, but those were different comic no, characters. That would be a, a so different did hawk team. and animal. Did they have a base that was a skull that would come out of the swamp? No, oh.
1: no, that would have been cool. They rode motorcycles in on. Uh, okay, see, road warriors makes sense. Legion of Doom. How did that even? <laughs> it was a cool sounding name. They had a really cool theme song, and they were very intimidating with very uh, sharp spikes and. Don't get me started <laughs> in the ring. They were powerhouses. They would toss guys, six foot five guys around. Like they were like stuffed animals. They're awesome.
0: They're really cool. <clears throat> okay. And they're very, very popular. And, um, so, cause I think they looked familiar. So red and black is what they would normally wear. Yeah. Okay. Cause I vaguely remember a tag team duo with red and black. Spike. Yes. That was, them. that was them.
1: Yep. Faint faces. Mm-hmm. Yep. Giant dudes used to both be bouncers. They have, uh, a lot of history okay are the bushwhackers dead no they're still going
0: <laughs> wait are they still wrestling
1: uh, probably oh my gosh <laughs> those guys yeah they were um, i think they're real cousins they're
0: uh well, are they brother cousins
1: no they're cousin cousins okay uh, one of them i think is physically taking the the wrestling's taking a toll on him, but the uh, other uh,
0: okay well here's the thing when you play that as part of your character, if something does actually end up happening, how would we know? Right. I mean, yeah, they're... it is like with Kiss. When yeah. you start your career wearing pancake face makeup, <laughs> 70 years old, you still look the same. Yeah. So maybe that is a... <laughs> I think those might be the only two wrestling tag teams that I know of.
1: Good job. That's enough.
0: Uh, Oh, no. The Ultimate Warrior and... No. No? He was never <laughs> in a tag team? Not regularly. Okay. Never mind was St- uh, old sting with the scorpion on his face. Yeah. Okay. That's
1: like, that's like my wrestling DC. I don't know much about WCW. Sorry. That was like the rivalry. <laughs> There's WWF. Uh, and okay. WWF was the Marvel and WCW was the DC. Maybe. I don't mm. know.
0: Okay. I don't know much about sting. All right. Fair enough. Not another yeah. do I,
1: man, this podcast is, I love it. It's been <laughs> everywhere.
0: <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. Cool. Uh, so that about wraps it up uh, for, for this episode. Uh, we talked about Jean-Claude Van Johnson, which comes out December 15th. Highly encourage people to check it out if you are a fan of action, you're a fan of satire. It just It is a solid show. It is legitimately funny. I have seen uh, all of the episodes, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, a couple of them more than once, and I still <laughs> laughed at yeah. the ones that I had already seen. Uh, I can't not see it getting a second season right, after two yeah, episodes. I mean, and that is the thing. Is like, so, same with The Tick is season one is technically the first six. And then if it gets, it already got picked up, but the second six. Yeah. Compo- compromise or yeah. Uh, completes season one. Okay. So this first six drops December 15th. Yeah. Definitely check it out. Give Amazon video some love. They and, need it. <laughs> oh, that Amazon company. I mean, Hey, here's Seattle. They're just little local mom and pop uh, company. They're struggling you know? to support them guys. They're
1: called amazon.com.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> If we can give a shout-out to a little local company, (laughs) Amazon.com, just go ahead.
1: But stay away from those uh, corporate idiots from Berkeley Illustration.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just corporate hacks. Uh, And then we talked about uh, The Punisher on Netflix, which Ryan and I both gave a good. We each had some problems with it. It was not perfect, but it was still entertaining. Uh, We just both kind of wish that they could just stop diluting it and just... Boil it down to its essence, yeah, into a solid show they did
1: uh, we didn't talk about this real quick. they did hit on the brutal violence,
0: oh, this was visceral with an a plus um, that do you remember the like one of the most shocking moments in comics, and I was never allowed to get the issue. My <clears throat> friends had the issue. I think it was a Punisher war zone from the late eighties where he's being interrogated, and there's a a bag of Human waste, <laughs> uh, a liquid human waste, and they put it over a dude's head and then close the bag around it. Yeah, like close around his neck. Yeah, this isn't a comic book, and it was like, yeah, I saw that at a friend's house, and I was like, "Is this illegal? Like, where did you get this? this cannot be a real <laughs> comic book." Yeah, but yeah, Punisher has been known, especially with the Marvel Knights line, uh, which was Garth Ennis, like it went some dark places, and it it touched on that. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I will give it huge, huge credit for, and I definitely am not the first one to talk about this because the show is a couple weeks old now, how it dealt with PTSD yeah. and how it showed what veterans have to go through, not have to go through, what a lot of veterans go through. Right. Handled it incredibly well. I was, I was very, really impressed. The whole
1: time I was watching, I was very curious about what veterans would think about this and it, cause it was a, Interesting direction because mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping for him just to be battling gangsters, right, drug dealers, but it went the military route completely instead, except mm-hmm. for that first episode. For, yeah, the
0: first episode.
1: <laughs> so I kind of missed the you know the mob stuff mm-hmm. and him just dealing with like the dirty underground.
0: Yeah, and like the Hounds of Hell uh, make an appearance, kind of, and that was who he was battling in Little season two. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I, I like those stories a little bit more. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed how much respect they gave to just veterans and how they're like, hey, when you come back, sometimes not all of you comes back. Yeah. And multiple characters deal with that and multiple characters have different ways of working through it. Really, really well done. Yeah. So I I enjoyed that.
1: Very uh, military-driven Punisher, Mm -hmm. which is, you don't really read too much about that site in the comics. Yeah. I I don't think as much, but there
0: was a great video game that came out along... Uh, around the same time that the Thomas Jane Punisher movie came out mm-hmm. on I think it was the original Xbox awesome game the Punisher game yeah I always wanted to play it I never found really, it really really cool game you could <laughs> when you went to intimidate someone yeah depending on the physical space you were in you could intimidate them different ways like you could push someone out of a window <laughs> and you had the option to either just push them out or like slowly push them there's a meter that, like a oh, fear cool. and intimidation meter really cool like game design We're not going to get that again. No. Like, even though games today are way more brutal than that one was, I just don't think we're going to get a Punisher game again. But...
1: Remember remember the old Nintendo one? Did you ever play that one?
0: The side-scrolling one? Yep. Yeah. Bad, but fun. (laughs) Real bad. (laughs) He did have his white go-go boots in that one. Yep, he did. Uh, Cool. And then after that, we talked about uh, comics and what they mean to us and kind of our origin stories and... When we fell in love and what our current relationship status is. My current relationship status with comics is complicated.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. Mine is uh, excited Ooh. about reading this hawk and animal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've not even read it yet.
1: Who are they going to fight? I don't get it.
0: I have no idea. We'll find out after we stop recording. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> cool. All right. So what are some upcoming things you have? You, I know that you travel a bunch and do a lot of art shows. What are some things that you can talk about? Because I know there are some other things in, in the works. But yeah, what are some places you're going to be? Where can people find your art? Lay it all out there. Uh,
1: I just finished a show in Seattle, which is really fun. Uh, I sell prints at big craft shows. Uh, I'm doing another one next week in Portland called the Crafty Wonderland Show. Mm-hmm. It's two days in the convention center. Very fun. We've been doing it for at least 10 years, yeah. probably 11 or 12 um, we just go hang out all day. Meet I have, I have fans, believe it or not, who come and want to talk to of me. Of course you have, which okay. is weird. I sign a lot of boobs. Um, I
0: okay, that is weird. I've never done that. <laughs> okay, I was like, come on. I was like, with your art, I was like, what is happening?
1: <laughs> I sign things for kids and and mm-hmm. super fans. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, sorry, I just have to tell this quick story. In yes. Seattle on Saturday, this fan came up and she was like a you know older sixties lady. I want I don't know if she was from Brooklyn or new york or Mm -hmm. boston but that eastern accent was very heavy and uh, adorable her name was gloria and she was like shaking trembling to meet me and she kept telling me over and over again i can't believe i'm meeting you it's like meeting a celebrity and she wasn't like joking she was kind of being serious and i didn't know what to do it was weird and
0: so you took her purse and no (laughs) no
1: i love gloria she was great so she bought something from me and then she came back like 30 minutes later to buy something else and was giving me the same stuff like oh i just i'm sorry i can't help it but this is so that is awesome and she bought a calendar i believe i i I produced a calendar Mm -hmm. and um she asked if i'd sign it for her and i said oh yeah of course Mm -hmm. and i took it and i wrote like thanks for being a fan gloria and she teared up
0: oh man that is awesome (laughs) and
1: she like i saw her wipe a tear from her face and i'm like it's just me. I'm just, ai don't know what you think I am.
0: Um, so, I mean, you do look like JJ Abrams right now. (laughs) Oh (laughs) yeah. Thanks.
1: (laughs) Um, so that was, it's nice to see that, but I, I don't get it, but I I do appreciate it. It's flattering. Um, so my, I've been doing this for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, we sold a lot of prints to a lot of people. So hopefully I've made a difference in some people's lives, um, in one way or another. And, uh, In terms of what I'm doing, uh, I have a busy uh, holiday season. gets really busy for Mm -hmm. us. I have a couple of custom projects for Christmas presents I'm working on for people. Um, And then after the new year, I think uh, my wife and I are going to concentrate on doing something new to keep the shop fresh, not necessarily the animal stuff, Um, try to figure out different ways to uh, keep people engaged. Nothing really major on the horizon yet. Um, I'm always interested in client work, so I might you know, hopefully have people reach out to me. Um, Yeah. Just always keeping busy. Nice. Working with kids, which is very tough to do, but it is possible. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I go kids all day, dinner, kids go to bed. I have a window to draw between like nine and 1am every night. And then I wake up early with the kids. Repeat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You are an incredibly busy man, which is why I love it when you come into town or I love it when I get the chance to come down to Portland and, and hang out with you guys. I Yeah, I just, I've just i known you for a long time. As far as those new projects, I say it all the time. Mm-hmm. Kenny can come back anytime now. <laughs> uh, yeah. He... As, as a fan of yours from the beginning, like <clears throat> since before the animals and everything, like Kenny, Captain Burnside, Willamette Phantom, all
1: mm-hmm. those
0: characters, I would love for them to come back. Oh, thanks. <laughs> just throwing that out
1: there. These are old characters I created, and I forgot about Kenny for probably over a year until what? someone... Someone in Seattle brought him up. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, I remember your Kenny." Art. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember." He's fun. Oh, I don't know what to do with him. He's a.
0: There was an awesome uh, duality one that you did where there was the black version and then his uh, like his, his uh, twin, yeah, uh, which was white, and they're chest bursting like it was that was
1: awesome. yeah that was very much uh, influenced by Bizarro mm-hmm. and just the idea that there's like a kind of a robotic crappy version of Kenny. And just so people don't know what the heck we're talking about, <laughs> real quick, he's just a, a a superhero I created, but he's doesn't he just looks like a sasquatch. Mm-hmm. He's got black fur, yellow eyes. Yellow eyes. He's very mysterious. He lives in the woods, and um, he he just loves people, and people love him. And he comes out and whenever he wants into the city of Portland, in mm-hmm. my mind. <laughs> and if there's bad stuff going on, he will take care of it, and then retreat back into the woods, and you know, forage mushrooms and in the grass and whatever else
0: <laughs> awesome yeah so i i one of these days uh, yeah yeah that, that would be great i'm glad you're a fan of kenny <laughs> yeah i mean that was like 2003 four probably <laughs> a long time ago yeah awesome.
1: i had i had ambitions of doing a graphic novel one day mm-hmm. um but just you know things get sidetracked
0: fair enough yeah uh as for this podcast, so there are, there's an episode of About to Interview coming out this Friday with Peter Atencio and Felicia Rashad of Jean-Claude Van Johnson. So definitely check that out. It will be in the regular podcast feed as well as youtube.com slash about to review. The week after that, uh, this past couple weeks, it has been nice to kind of do some different things. Last week is No Shame November. Today, I got the chance to talk about just TV show and comic books. It is award season. I am drowning in screeners. So (laughs) next week's episode of About to Review will be about a bunch of movies that are in this award season contention. So kind of a four-year consideration extravaganza. And then next Friday, there will be an episode of About to Interview with Landry Q. Walker, who wrote Justice League, The Ultimate Guide, which DK just sent to me. I love DK books. They put out so many incredible projects all the time. So, and I, am glad that I have a great relationship with them. So that will be next Friday. So that will wraps it up. Uh, social media handles.
1: Uh, the Berkley's B E R K L E Y S mm-hmm. uh, Instagram, uh, Berkeley illustration on Facebook. And we don't really do much Twitter. Fine. If, if you're so interested in the, the funnier, nerdier side of Ryan Berkeley, uh, Instagram page is party guy Ray mm-hmm. with, Uh, We talked about this last time. What's that little thing called? The underscore? Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, Grandpa. I I remember last time. um, Party underscore guy underscore Ray uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. And speaking of, I'm sorry, it's interesting that I think I was in the seat exactly one year ago Mm -hmm. to the hour probably doing this, which is crazy. Just about. Um, And does that like, I feel like that seals some kind of time space i don't know weird thing and i
0: i mean if it is an annual occurrence i'm all for it last time you were here it was around the same time that episode did not get released until like february that was our Uh, vintage wrestlers in movies which when ryan said he was coming into town i was like (laughs) we could do part two and he was like i don't have time to watch those movies again
1: well you were asking me to watch like if those are bottom of barrel, these were like underneath the bottom of the barrel.
0: <laughs> True. But there, there are still plenty. So one of these days, Ryan and I will get together and do a part two of the wrestlers oh. and movies. <laughs> it is going to happen. Okay. Uh, cool. And as for this podcast, you can find it on all forms of social media at about to review youtube.com slash about to review. Thank you uh, for listening. Uh, I really appreciate all the people that listen. Just like Ryan, it is weird to me that, and I even, it sounds weird to even call them fans. I know they are, and I, so it is maybe disrespectful for me to not call them fans. Supporters. Yeah. Uh, I have a group of supporters that is awesome that frequently live tweet me during uh, the episode, like while they're listening. Hilarious. So thank thank you and thank everybody for for listening. It means a lot to me. Uh, if you go to aboutreview.com, you can read full show notes. I will put all of Ryan's links. Uh, in the episode description, follow them on Instagram. Follow them on all the social media. The art is incredible. They make amazing Christmas gifts, and now is a good time to get them because there will be prints of plenty. The new calendar is is out, so the twenty eighteen calendar. Yeah,
1: it's in limited supply, but there we still have
0: some. They're really cool. Sounds good. All right, and then. So, yeah, that, that wraps it up. We'll, we'll take, take it with that. So, on this episode of About to Review, I have been joined by... Ryan Berkeley, <laughs> And I have been your host. <laughs> I feel like you're about to say something else. <laughs> oh, no, I'm tired. <laughs> and I've been your host, that guy named John. We will see you next time.